Hey, hey, welcome to This One Life. I'm your host, Carol Mix, and I'm so excited that you are here. If you haven't done so already, head on over and hit that follow button so that you never miss another episode. Today, I wanted to share a little bit about how I have been taking care of myself while everything is just going crazy here. If you haven't tuned in to the previous episodes, I share a little bit about the chaos that has been going on here for the last few months. And I'm pretty proud to say and to share that I have been flowing through this in my own world. And that would be personally within myself and in my business in the strongest way that I ever have. And I feel really good about that. And I wanted to share some of the ideas and things that I have integrated into my life to infuse that joy, infuse that passion, to stay connected and excited about what it is that I'm working on, but also that the tools or the strategies that I've been using to keep myself on an even keel while everything feels like it's all over the place. So I want to share a little story from way back in the storybook of Carol. (laughs) And I wanted to just share this story to give you a little insight of how it began for me. I didn't just get up one day and be like, damn, I better start taking care of myself. But rather, it was kind of forced. And I was knocked on my ass, literally. And I figured sharing this with you may give you some insight on First, you're not the only person that is running at the speed of light. We almost all do this as adults now. It's almost, I think, society just expects it, but it's how we set ourselves up. It's what's been modeled. All of these things come into play, but it will also give you some ideas on how you can get started for yourself if it feels like, I don't even know where to begin with this because that's how I felt when it initially was a force that I had to take this time to take care of myself. So way back, way back, I can't even remember which year, but I will say that a lot was going on at that time in my life too. And I honestly feel like there are sections of my life, I call them chapters of my life, where everything was falling apart and crumbling. And during this chapter, if you will, of the crumbling. I had multiple things crumbling in my life. First point that I would highlight in the story that I'm telling you right now is my own health. And my health was so bad and I was struggling so deeply within my own body that I was one step away from a blood transfusion. The doctor had said to me, your blood is so bad that you are one step away from a blood transfusion. We were trying to figure out what was wrong. We were heading into the second year and I was so severely anemic. I was exhausted. I could barely hold it together. I was falling asleep and just felt miserable and deeply, deeply exhausted. The panic attacks and anxiety were at an all-time high for me, which I didn't realize that being anemic can trigger panic attacks. But I think with all the other outside pieces that were playing in, I think that it was contributory, but I also do believe that biochemically 
I was struggling with some of these issues. I was about to have my bone marrow tested. That is not a fun time because we literally could not figure out why I was so anemic. So as I was working through this, the business that I owned was a brick and mortar. And I had owned it for several years. I owned it for 15 years total. I don't remember at which point. I think it was probably in the, maybe within five or six years of owning it. It was located in a giant plaza that had like a, several anchor stores, really big anchor stores, a grocery store and some other, um, another big department store was in there. And then smaller individual entrepreneurs had owned it as opposed to chains and I, that building that I was located in, that entire plaza was being knocked down. That was a two and a half year process all in and of itself. So they were knocking the plaza down and building it at the same exact time. Now, when they had come to me and proposed that they were going to do this, I was so excited. I had no idea. I had never lived through any construction or any construction site. So I was very naive when they had come in and they had said, we're going to knock this down. You'll still be able to run your business. You are not going to be interrupted. It's going to be great. And I was like, it is going to be great. It's going to be great for the community. Yeah, no, it was not great for me or my business. So at the point where I started getting really sick, It was cutting my business to less than half on my income coming in. I was one of the last businesses to move and have the new place built on the other side of this giant parking lot. And I was one of four businesses that were in a row and pretty much had rubble on one side of me because they were knocking the whole plaza down. And then I had dump trucks like building on the other side of me. So all day, every day, two and a half years, these dump trucks were just blocking access to a laundromat. Well, think about it. When you park your car in a giant parking lot to have access to a laundromat, you don't want to walk very far. And they couldn't get to the door because it was blocked by trucks just going back and forth in a construction zone. So It was a lot, to say the very least. And if that wasn't enough, my husband broke his lower back in a workplace injury. That was the first time he had had back surgery. And then subsequently, he has had three neck fusions following, which this is what we are just dealing with at this time. So this is the background of this story. I'm going to take you to a day, a certain day, where I went in and it took me 26 iron infusions. So 26 weeks of having an iron infusion, I would have to go to the cancer center at the local hospital and I would have to get hooked up to an IV and receive intravenous iron infusions. And when I tell you that I was so ratcheted up and dysregulated in my body. I was so pissed that I had to go and take an hour and go do this. My mantra at that time was, I don't have time for this. I just, I don't have time for this. 
And I would literally sit in that chair like I had a rocket ship up my ass trying to get me out of there. And I would be thinking of all the things that I could have been doing, I should have been doing, how behind I felt. I was just frustrated and mad at the situation. And I honestly, now thinking back, just didn't know how to deal with it. But I sat in that chair for half of those weeks, white knuckling that chair, pissed off, And I would get my infusion and then I would run out of there and I would feel even more behind than I already did. And that was not helping me to heal in any way, shape or form. Now, again, looking back, that did not help anything. It was just making matters worse within my inner self. So one day I was sitting in this chair and the chairs were seated facing each other and they were these really big puffy recliners. It really was a nice place for you to go and receive the medicine that you needed. And there were all kinds of people coming into the cancer center for various forms of diseases and treatment. Well, on this one particular day, I was sitting in my chair in my usual stance, like a cat ready to attack, (laughs) just sitting there all angry. And this woman came in and she was really small, tiny, senior person. And she had come in and she was very clearly um, in a way in whatever her health journey was. I had no idea what it was, but you could tell that she was really struggling. She was slow to move, um, hunched over. But What was interesting was when she sat down, she made her way slowly to her chair, sat down. We looked across from each other and there she was with this peaceful acceptance of where she was. There wasn't an angry bone in her where she was. She did not have any angry energy or a face or an attitude. And here I was definitely much younger than she was. I had more use of my body. And here I was with all of my angry, negative, you know, so it hit me instantly, like, boom, there, like it come right into my head, like, who do I think I am? Like, how dare I act like this? Right? I am not Things could be totally so much worse for me, but I instantly felt shame kind of like, here's this person that is carrying so much and she is peaceful and just, she looks peaceful and I'm just the direct opposite. And at that time, it just, it did, it hit me. And I sat there for a minute and I just thought to myself, like, what am I doing? Like, how am I acting this way? And I've got to make some changes. Like, I cannot keep this up. I This just is not sustainable. And I just started thinking about all of the things. But more than anything, I was thinking about how dare I behave this way. And at the same time, this little seed of gratitude was planted that day of just being grateful for the time and the space to take a moment out of my busy life and heal and start to take care of myself and settle the F down. Like I didn't need to be acting that way. It was such a gift that this woman who said nothing to me, like imagine how powerful it is to have that kind of power in another stranger's life 
where you say nothing in your energy says it all. And I still remember it all of these years later. That's impact friend, right? Is that not impact? So as I gathered myself and went about my way and rushed out the door was the following week that I distinctly remember, okay, you know what? I don't have to sit here and choose to be angry and frustrated. What would happen for me if I began to relax and take advantage of this one hour, 60 minutes per week that I have to sit and heal my body? What would that look like in my life? I'll tell you what, I caught on really quick, okay? You could order food there. They brought it to you. Nobody called me mom. Nobody said, honey, do you know where this is? I didn't have my staff calling and asking me to solve a problem there. I didn't have clients that were asking me questions. Nobody was picking at me there. Nobody could find me. It was exactly 60 minutes per week. I will never remember that. But it was the first taste of quiet, of rest, of taking a nap, of reading a good book and having some nice soup brought to me and I didn't have to make the soup. <laughs> it was really a, a place for me, a little oasis in the middle of all the crazy that was my life at that time. I was almost in tears by the end of it when I had to leave because it was like, oh man, now what? Like now what am I going to do? But what it did was create that small block of time, created the time that I needed to take care of and nurture myself. And that was the beginning of how I saw this breakthrough of this doing, 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 doing nonstop crazy life that I was living where I felt like I couldn't even catch my breath to now I have just the 60 minute block. So I kept that 60 minute block after. Once I had finished my treatment and had started to heal, we finally were able to figure out what was going wrong. I did have some small surgery it did solve the problem. And then I could kind of move onward and upward and deal with the rest of the rubble that was my life. But I still integrated that and kept that 60 minutes of time. And it was funny to see how my body responded to slowing down. It was odd that I felt panic and anxiety with this gap of time, which was only 60 minutes. But I learned to sit through that. I learned to let my body sit and relax. And now looking back, I could see that my nervous system was stuck in fight or flight. And I didn't know that at the time, but now I do as I've learned more about my body and how to take care of my body. So it is fascinating to see that even when you are going nonstop, in all directions and giving to everything and everyone except yourself, your nervous system actually responds adversely when you slow down and you stop and you sit and you do nothing but just be. So if you are a person that is in need of this, consider if you are feeling anxious or if you are feeling anxiety or if it feels extremely uncomfortable, sit through that. Breathe through that. Be patient with yourself. It's not going to last forever. But understand that this is a normal response. 
That's why I'm telling you this. It is a normal response until your body learns that it is safe and it is okay to actually sit and be. You don't have to be a human doing at every moment in time. So with that start of that hour, I did grow from there. And there were little blocks of time that I added on to test this. You know, not necessarily during my work week, but on the weekends. I had started taking small adventures for myself, maybe catching the sunrise in Maine. It was an hour and 15 minutes for me to get there and then to be there for sunrise to experience this by myself and just that space to breathe and walk the shoreline or to jump in the ocean, whatever it may be. Again, always traveling with a book or having the snacks that I like to snack on. And I learned to listen to the music and sing the songs that I like to sing. At the time, I was traveling with teenagers who always had friends and it was always their music. And it was always in where they wanted to go. It was nice for me to just go and experience all the things that only I want to experience and to just think for myself. It's such a weird feeling, but it is true. It, it took some practice and I was scared the first time I did it. I was scared the first few times I did it. I'm not going to lie about that, but I'll tell you what, I now have at least, it's almost to a full day off by myself. Um, I can sit in that space and I can feel within my body when it's time. Once I've filled my cup, it's time for me to go. I can feel that in my body like, okay, we're going to get back. We're all done with this. So this making myself a priority and taking care of me has been integrated so deeply and now it's worked into my day to day. And it's an absolute non-negotiable for me for the type of business that I am creating because I never want to go back to that space where I'm so lost from myself. I'm so disconnected from myself that there's no joy or fulfillment or I am on the bottom of the priority list and I'm on that back burner more than I'm not. And that doesn't feel good to anyone. So that is my story about how I started to do it. So to break this down for you, for some ideas, for some tactics and strategies, again, that little block of time in my calendar uh, was intentional. I was using it for something. You can also put a small block of time for yourself in your calendar. And that's how you get started. If it is not on the calendar, it's not going to happen to you. And there are so many times where we say, oh, you know, I'll go do this or I'll go do that. I'll get to it. We never get to it. It stays on a list. And what it ends up is broken promises to ourselves that we're going to do the thing that serves ourselves. And sometimes it can feel like we're being selfish. And that is my friend is the mindset work because it took me a long time to work through this feeling of being selfish or feeling guilty or like I'm taking from everyone else if I'm taking for myself. But the honest answer is I showed up so exhausted and so depleted 
that I wasn't good for anyone because I was bitchy and cranky and tired and not present. I was looking for ways to kind of numb myself or soothe myself and I wasn't being present with the people that matter most. So these are all things that I think definitely like the feelings that go with this that may crop up as you decide to carve this time for yourself. Again, know that they're normal, but it starts with blocking out that time. From there, I again went for longer journeys. I started to go for a half day of having an adventure or taking the downtime. I then adjusted in multiple different ways if I'm going to go over to angling into my business and I get to decide what my hours will be. So for me, I don't start with my first client of the day until 10 a.m. so that I give myself that time that I need. I'm filling my cup first, then I step into the service of others and in my business. It allows me that quiet time or it allows me to catch up and do the things that I want to do. It's that space and time that I get to use. I then shifted from there and chose to have a whole full Monday as a day off for me to do the things that I want to do. I then shifted and added a Friday to that. So I've played around with all different blocks of time to see what it is that I need. My Fridays were my business development day. So I'm working on my business instead of in my business. I'll do another episode and talk about that for the business people that are here listening. But that was a game changer for me as well. And now finally, my biggest and greatest change to my business model is the last week of the month off so that I have an integration week so that I can have larger blocks of time to work on projects, to work on my business, to rest, recharge, reset, and really step into the creative flow of what it is that I need to do. And uh, again, I will do another episode on this because this in and of itself is amazing and something uh, to consider for yourself and your business model. So a couple of ideas for you um, that I have been working on in the care of myself because it goes beyond me feeding myself well and hydrating and having exercise and getting good sleep. We all know these things. But as adults, I think that we forget to play. I think that we forget to add in some hobbies or things that we used to like to do. We don't have time to explore that when we are feeling like we don't have enough time. So if you're feeling like you're in survival mode, of course you're not thinking about (laughs) dilly-dallying. Or maybe you're dreaming about dilly-dallying, but you're not actually doing the dilly-dallying. And who doesn't want to do that, right? So dilly-dallying is just, it's so funny. My daughter has been talking about um, being a dilly-dallier. And I love every minute of that because I think that it is important. That girl works so hard, so she should (laughs) dilly-dally. But for myself, I've been really looking at developing the habits Um, What do my habits look like for being proactive? And I, again, I'm going to keep talking about nervous system regulation quite simply because it has just helped me tremendously. So what are those habits? You know, incorporating being still for a portion of the day, 
daydreaming, just dreaming, doing nothing, staring into space, even just a little gap of you staring into space is enough to let your body calm down. I have worked on grounding with my bare feet in the grass. That is something that I absolutely love. Um, some It's so funny that I love shoes so much, but I also love to not have shoes on my feet. So weird, but it is a thing for me. Uh, plant uh, Planting, uh, gardening. I absolutely love to play with my garden and I've been working on tiny little teacups. I think I've talked about that in some prior episodes of um, growing this garden and these plants so that I can have the flowers that are from there for these tiny teacup arrangements, which just absolutely delight me. Uh, painting, watercolors, um, working with my granddaughter on creating sun catchers. That's going to be a whole other episode too because it's hilarious. But we have been making sun catchers together. Um, creating a new journal. So stepping into my business side of things, opening up this creativity of creating a new journal for my business clients um, in addition to the one that they already have access to so that they have choices creating new systems for my business that are closing the gaps. It allows me to just see and analyze in a very different way when I'm not working in my business, but rather working on my business. So all of these things have been tremendous changes for me that I've incorporated in, and hopefully they give you some ideas where you can start to say, you know what? I think that I do need to have that little gap of time. I need to start there or extend what you're already doing. And if you're already doing all of this, just kudos to you. Like celebrate that and see because it is one of the hardest things to do as an adult with everything that we have, all the messaging that we have, that we have to just work, work, work rather than find harmony in between working and having this downtime for ourselves. What does that look like and what does the practice of that look like? So I hope that you will consider for yourself how you can weave this into your life, in your world, to give you the time and the space to take care of you on a deeper level so that you can be happy for you and then available for those that you love, and for all that you are super passionate about. All right, that's a wrap for today. Oh, I went on on this one for a little bit, but the story is something that has really had so much impact in my life. And it's fun to see how these catalysts change us, right? Do you have a catalyst in your life? Think about this, where you lived one way, something happened, and then you shifted everything in how you thought. Can you imagine that this one woman had come in? She didn't even say a dang word. She's just like a sorcerer or something. (laughs) She's a little teeny tiny witch. She was magical, but she'd come in and she didn't say a word. And she was a beautiful witch with her beautiful energy of just, you could see that she was peaceful and accepting of where she was. And she didn't even need to say a word. So I think like a little sidebar thought here, now that I'm talking this through, is how much impact we have on others and how others impact us. 
So thinking about this and thinking about your own energy, and it all does stem back to the care that you take of yourself. So consider that little piece as well. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Remember, wherever you are today, let's make this one day meaningful. Let's make it magical. And above all else, make this day matter. All right, go on out there and let's go make it happen today. I'm here cheering you on and I will see you in the next episode. Take care of yourself. Bye.